Greetings, and welcome back to another round of audio shenanigans. We are controllers and couches. I'm Stiffer Far. And I am Full Metal Chicken. And uh, yeah, welcome back for our 45th episode Yeesh. of uh, Controllers and Couches. Um, we just kind of... Hello, everyone. Yes. Welcome hello. back to another episode. Hope you're all doing well amongst the crazy... Um, as always, I'd like to say at the beginning, if there's a specific segment you're after, please refer to our description for the time points. Um, if there's other stuff you want to skip ahead on. So, yeah, um, continue. Yeah, I was just saying, it's like, we hit 600, and then it kept going. No, like, KG, you know, ping-wise. I was um, anyway. on all the tanks, and literally 600... We hit 600 milliseconds of lag for a good, I'd say, hour and a half. I can't wait till NBN is on tomorrow. If. And if. Do you want to tell the story? So, Start from once upon a time, yeah, so not long once ago. Once upon a time, we were getting NBN. Um, so This journey starts way, way back in 2015. We were first contacted by our line provider being Telstra. Saying, oh, in May of 2016, you're going to have NBN. We're going to need you to be home every day for a week because a technician will be coming fitting out people's houses. Mm -hmm. And then at that point in time, we did have, we weren't all going to be home at the same time, but we had the ability to have someone home during specific points and it was one of those things where they said it was going to be a 24-hour thing yeah. because it it was a lot of houses that they had to fit out in that area and then so 2016 rings in january february march april nothing happens may we check the rollout map and it's delayed to june july and we think oh okay June, July happens, nothing, it gets delayed another year. And then so on and so forth, that happens until we get a letter from our internet provider, TPG. And they say that we can pre-order, oh, and we're checking like every couple of months to see when we could get it because we only get 0.5 meg per second. And that's okay if you're replying to an email, but if you have like, a lot of shit you have to access online from online servers where your university will kick you off the server because your like your latency is too high it yeah. times out it's, shit. it's a lot for online gaming it's a lot and see the amount of packet loss and rubber banding we get is ridiculous and we were trying to obviously know... there are bigger problems in the world oh, yeah. than our internet yeah um but we're just saying in terms of what we were being asked to pay for and what we were offered. And I don't want to call it lies, but it just happens, you know. Um, Australia was not ready to roll out anything of this magnitude. And by the time they even considered starting, the technology had already evolved to support a speed a thousand times greater than what we could potentially be getting tomorrow. Um, so in February, TPG sent us a letter and they said that we had to pre-order our connection and that meant that they were charging us i think like three four months in advance for our first month and they were also going to charge us an admin fee for a hundred bucks just to send us our modem and our connection device and even if you have your own modem router you still have to use theirs because the only way to get it 
the connection device is what you need to bridge between the phone line and your modem is the only way to pay the only way to get that is to pay $99 because it's technically federal property yeah so yeah. long story short what's happened we is- did that we waited two months yep uh, we were supposed to get it on my calculations are right last Friday yeah the 15th of last May last Friday and essentially nothing we- happened <laughs> Nothing happened, and then we received the kit on Monday. Well, actually, we you've received an email notification text that yeah. um, our device, connected device, and our modem were dispatched. And then we thought, oh, shit, okay. And then we scrambled, and we realized that on the other side of the fence is where our connection is. And we just can't get it to the house. So everything we had been told up until that point was a lie. Yeah. Because we were told that someone would actually have to come into the house and outfit us and put a new line in. Um, but that all changed because the system that we were going to get to speed things up became a different one. So I'm not going to say what we are, but we're one of the shittier ones, but that's okay. Um, we don't live in like South Marang. South Marang was nice. You were optic all the way. Yep. But that's different. Um, so we're still technically utilising our copper line. Uh, for the portion of the house as soon as it leaves the curb and so our internet connection is technically we thought it was there it's there but it's not we didn't know until the next day so we set it up all on monday we're literally living at the windows making sure that the guy is coming to our house he took 10 minutes to find our package in his star trek truck um, he came to our house he tossed it over to you i ripped up that box and we actually videographed it <laughs> we videographed it. <laughs> we recorded it because I was like, this is such a big moment in our lives. This is going to be fantastic. And then we plug everything in and I kind of knew what plug went where because it was self-explanatory. But then I'm a panicky kind of person, so we were quite stressed about it. And then you have to leave it there for 30 minutes plugged in minimum for the system to configure itself. So to kind of have a feed forward and for TPG to be like, oh, so something's recognising the signal, it's switched on now, and for someone on their end to essentially manually accept the connection because it can technically all be done digitally, or so we thought. So we ended up ringing up. And after two and a half hours. After two and a half hours. And basically they say there's nothing they can do. We'll send Well, it. first they said that we needed to switch everything on and off again. And then they proceeded to tell us that something must be wrong with, the, wrong with the copper wiring. And then I got pretty shitty because I said, well, that's fascinating because I still have ADSL. So how can the copper lining work and not work at the same time? And then they've gone, oh, that's probably why. Because and I'm like, no, they're two separate cords. If you knew your system, you'd understand that. So on and so forth. And then they were like, well, you were on the phone. Yeah. And then you got put forward to a case manager and everything was a, oh, we'll call you back in 15 minutes, 40 minutes later. Oh, it'll be 10 minutes, 30 minutes later. And then you got put on a case manager and the case manager sat down and you explained everything. And then she was like, uh, your distribution point unit isn't registering anything. I don't actually think you're connected. Yeah, so no essentially you in. The, the copper line is there, the NBN is there, but it ain't connected. Either the unit is not there or they didn't plug yeah. us so into the unit. I'm thinking where the node is, the the actual DPU is there. 
The DPU's literally just on the other side of that fence because we plug into our neighbours. Yeah. So, and then they run up the street to the... She's Serbian, isn't she? At the end of the street, lovely lady. Yeah. And they terrorised her garden and yeah, her house destroyed it. for two days. And they completely totaled everything. They, they busted her fence... She was so upset, and rightfully so. She had no warning it was going to happen. At 4.30 one morning, they just rocked up with lights, amber lights, and started digging and setting up the pit. So we're connected at the front of our house to a next-door neighbour. Yeah. But that all runs to her because she is the node. Yeah, the main node. So essentially, there's a box in that little... Yeah. Like, so... a, like similar to, like, um, you touched a pit. Yeah, where so everyone connects at the where front the of the pit house. is the DPU sitting in that. Yeah. So it's more a case of they probably got the box. It looks there. like a VCR player where you plug in the analog. Yeah, um, you know how you have the wall, the satellite, not satellite, but your uh, radio tower. What do they call it? You don't need them anymore because it's digital TV. But you know how people have the. Um, you know what I mean? It's not a satellite. It's the thing on top of the house that they put before digital TV was, the radio. Thing, Michael. Aerial antenna. Aerial antenna. That's it. That's what it is. That's what the cord looks like. And they yeah, plug it into a mini black VCR. It has NBN stamped on it, and that's all they need to do. Yeah, and it just sits there, and it looks like a big ass water bottle. That's the the shape of it, and it's just sitting in this box. That's all it's doing. So theoretically, I'm not saying I'd do it. I'm saying I was tempted for a quarter of a second. We watched some set-up YouTube videos. But you can't tamper with it because no, it's can't. federal property. It is. So if you get busted mucking around... There's federal prison centres. You, you get fined and shit. So essentially, it's a case of... So we accepted that. Yeah. And we said, okay, fine. And then every day, every 12 hours since Monday, someone will call, someone will text, someone will email. Someone will say, oh, we're going to try and connect you remotely. But honestly, you know, you're trying to drive the car, but the battery isn't connected. Essentially, yeah. You know. And then so we thought, okay, it won't be the biggest problem in the world. We're just going to continue living the way we were. They're not going to charge us until technically we configure the connection because that's when it switches on um, from our end. So whatever. And then... We got smashed with a 30 gigabyte Call of Duty Modern Warfare update, yep. which took over 20 hours to install. My friend who lives, I think, less than a 10 minute drive away from us, I think we live in a straight line, if that makes sense, but obviously the way the blocks work, and she's like on the other side, like a suburb and a half away. He yeah. is a suburb and a half away with his partner. And so they get it. And when shit happens, like, we will get a brownout, but their power goes off. Right? Yeah. They have the best internet connection. You know why? Because everyone in their area is already connected to NBN. So they're in a pocket where it's not. Yeah. So we realized yesterday morning we started getting speeds we had never seen before. Yeah, we started really getting 10 meg per second. And it only happened for two hours. And so... We were like, shit, that means everyone else on the street in the area is getting connected to NBN. Yeah. And now we're getting the speeds we've been paying for the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. So it's like, yay. Uh, and so they downloaded it within three hours and were able to play it. And, and just, we're just T-dying. Yeah, crying. Literally. It's bullshit. 
complete bullshit. But anyway, um, apparently Isle 9 is up. Hard Hat has returned. Uh, they updated the Gulag weapons. And apparently there's a Ghost Pack contingency operator bundle or something or other. Um, and then Charlie Intel came out and said that some guy who had leaked stuff in the past and had been right, especially about like the Warzone thing, um, he'd come out and he had said that... Uh, um, I think his name's Akami. And he said that... The new Call of Duty, well, the Call of Duty that gets released this year is going to be called Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Knew it. Knew it. Activision themselves haven't even... Activision and Treyarch. Treyarch haven't even come out and said that they're releasing this year's game. Yeah. Um, because it used to be Activision Treyarch, Activision Treyarch, Activision Treyarch, and then it would be Activision Treyarch Sledgehammer Games. And then I think Sledgehammer Games did one or two releases, and then they bailed. And you know why this is? Because everyone's in quarantine at the moment, staying home. This Call of Duty release, this Modern Warfare, is making bank for them. So they're not going to rush it out of sales. They're going to literally keep... Imagine if they delayed it because they've put so much into... Yeah, they have. Warzone. Honestly? Every update, it's not because of the season pass. No. It's not because of the new... Um, not season pass, battle pass, I should say. Um, it's not because of the new operator pack. It's because they keep adding shit to Warzone. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I play it if one of our other friends wants to play it. But I've never been like... Oh, I tried once or twice because I wanted to yeah. unlock the skin for Rodeon. Yeah. Um, and that fucking glitched out. And I tried an hour doing that. I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. I play Plunder with them. But I would never play Warzone on my own. No, it's shit. Like, honestly, playing it... The latency is so high that you cannot do. Do you anything. want to talk about that? Because my our friend sent me that Reddit link. <sighs> so but did you want to talk about that while you brought it up? You can. Cause so essentially, they have unofficially tampered with the latency for everyone, and they're patching it out. So someone has actually sat down, and for every single um, so for their PC, so they have it on either they or their friends on this in the same house have different, whether it be consoles or ways to play um, Call of Duty. So they have a PC, they have an Xbox One, and they have a PS4. And so what they've done is for every single patch, they have measured their latency in-game. And they've recorded that. And so what they've realised is, is that Activision is tampering with people's pings. Yeah. And so I noticed this the most... Not last week's... Was it last week's patch yeah, or the patch before? Patch. And so I was playing... It was the first time in like two or three days. And I'm like... I actually thought I had stuffed with a setting. And I remember saying to you... Like I was sitting like... Something doesn't feel right. And you're like... What do you mean? I'm like... My vibrator is on. My um, aim... You know how you how you go up... Your horizontal, your vertical? Yeah. My axes? They were the settings that I've had since I started playing. Yep. So they were the, they were right, and I'm like, oh shit, maybe I pressed something when I was reaching over for a bottle of water or whatever. Nothing like that was different. Um, my there's different um, aim assist uh, categories. Mine was still exactly the same. It hadn't been changed, but I felt like something was off. And then my friend sent me this thing that someone had posted on Reddit, and I'm like, shit, it all makes sense. It's yeah. not just me. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought, you know, I thought I had done something different. And he was like, no, I told you. And apparently, um, he also sent me the 
patch notes and he highlighted one thing and it's like um we fix the occasional glitch where an operator may not see be seen in the walk-up and i joked and i'm like oh really I, maybe that's why i've been sucking at this game so much when i play with you guys i thought it was a concrete game i thought i was the concrete it was it's just been, all i see is concrete and it's literally like when you're playing shoot house for instance and you literally spawn facing wall corners and it's just stupid because otherwise you'll, you'll, you'll spawn facing a wall corner or you'll just spawn facing a wall or you will literally spawn in front of an enemy and they're you facing... Just, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's like, it's stupid because um, especially once you go into Warzone and you start getting high latency, you will literally, like and as we mentioned so much ago... Um, amplified because there are so many people playing yeah. Warzone at once that the server can't handle five people on two sides, let alone how many people playing Warzone? 150? They yeah. can facilitate 150 yeah. people in and one And a round. classic example, um, sniper rifles are one-hit kill weapons. So, for instance, when you we literally tested out, we camped on a building... And I got hit markers on a headshot. Literally, you unloaded two full clips of a sniper rifle into one guy camping and he turned around and shot and just, your... With an LMG. With an LMG, one hit. One hit with an LMG. One hit. I don't know. And you just go, there's no point. Like, there's no point. And even, like, for instance, this is why at the moment, I've had a few people message me and say, look, you know, I'm shit. Oh, yeah, you know, you just play shipment. We see you on shipment. You're shit. That's not a good play. And you go, when you've got latency of anywhere between 100 to 400 milliseconds, there's no point playing tactically because... You know, you're running around and you're not hitting anything. So where I perceive them, they're not there. The tactics of Warzone, I'm sorry, the only way to really play Warzone, I reckon, is if you're on a US server. Yeah. Because I watch some people on Twitch, because I haven't been playing the last week. I think I played the other day for you, maybe 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. Because I was just, I was like, hey, I don't want to play. And you wanted to have a go at that LMG. Yeah. And um, you were like, oh, I was, I'm having this issue um, I want like what class do you set up? And I said, oh look, I'll run and gun with because I have a on mine. <laughs> it's my MP7 Obsidian. It's the one I like to you know scream all, at all the screamers at when they're yeah. like, oh my god, you don't know how to play. And I'm like, oh I'm sorry. Is my Obsidian shining a little too bright like a diamond for you, sweetheart? Like Maybe you should pack your bag and get ready for school tomorrow morning. And then they're like, oh my god, a girl. Are you on OnlyFans? So I have a friend who actually has an OnlyFans. So from now on. I'm going to promote her OnlyFans and say it's me. Do it. She's going to get paid regardless. I don't get anything from it, and I'm not looking to get anything from it. But still, if someone's, you know, at least someone will make some financial gain. So every week, if there's someone who you like on OnlyFans and you want to promote them or you are an OnlyFans person, uh, go to my Instagram or email us your OnlyFans, and I well, every week I'm going to rotate who I promote. Done. Because seriously, every night 15 people minimum ask me. It's bullshit. As soon as they find out I'm a girl. It's just ridiculous. So I'm here to support I'm here to support small businesses. I'm here to support small businesses. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's just it's terrible. It is. I don't know. I it's understand it, but I also and they've essentially I reckon cemented the fact that they want you to delete every other game on whatever it is you're playing, whatever your console yeah. or setup. And just have theirs. Yep. Because there's no need for a 30 gig patch in the middle of a week. No. There's no point. I don't know why they do it. And they're like, oh, in the Northern Hemisphere, everyone's like, oh, it's so late. Bitch, we just came home from work. 
We just signed off and wanted to sign in and play with our friends. And we can't. Our evening just started at 4 p.m. Our afternoon just kicked over at 4 p.m. Yeah. Right? I've been working on my thesis, thesis since 7 a.m. I want to play now with my friends. Everyone's getting off. And you can't. Oh, I'm sorry. We kicked you for a transmission error. Can't connect to server. Can't connect to server. Okay. Close the app. Doesn't work. Restart your Xbox. Oh, that's why there's a 30 gig patch. And so I text my friend and I'm like, I'm sorry. I'll see you in two days. Yeah. When and it's it like finishes we can't updating. even connect to, you know, two people playing in the same house on the same game. It is that bad. We can play separate lobbies. Separate lobbies. But lobby, we can't play the which same Which is lobby. absolute bullshit. You'd think it would be the same lobby would it's, work, not separate ones. Don't ask me how that works. Bungie but had this down pat. We never had this issue with Halo 1 or Halo 2. Ever. You could, like, this is playing literally, you know, over extremely shit internet connects. And just, it's crazy. Like, gaming is going to get to a point where it's so immersive. To put it in perspective, Jev last week bitched and rightly so because he's in the US he bitched about his 15 millisecond pin when he said he should only have 4 yeah right when we first connect to a server we have 42 minimum and then instead of scoring like it normally does and it goes 128 uh, 200 we go straight to 420 420 done or 480 whatever we blaze it, it literally and you just go what's Oh my god, our Jap maple at the front has dropped almost all of its leaves. It's got three left. Yes. And I just realised there's less than, oh my god, ten days left of autumn. Yep, and then... It went by so fast. And then winter kicks in. But seriously, yeah, 42 milliseconds He was minimum. He was scared, upset about his upset. Fifth, 14, 15 ping. And I'm like, child, think about the rest of us. So I think... Think about, about us poor Australians. So I think that once our internet settles out... I've decided on a Twitch stream. Once we start getting forty mega, you know, forty millisecond, sorry, forty megabit per second instead of two, you know. You know what? If if we get close to what they promise us being up to forty five, I if it is that good, and if it is worthwhile, I would consider going to a hundred. Yeah. I would consider it. But we just need to see how it actually goes first time round. Oh no, of course. Like you do two, three, four months, and then you figure it out. But yeah, like you would be hosting most of the time. We're talking some MLG internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would. You'd be running MLG big time. So yeah, if anyone would be interested in us doing a Twitch stream, um, please let us know. I'm thinking that realistically, you can't like. There'd be sometimes where you could do it every night. Um, but I'm sorry, my job <laughs> as a research student doesn't let me do that all the time. So theoretically, I'd do it like minimum two, three times a week. Other weeks when I don't have much on, I'd do more. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing it for financial gain just because I like playing video games. So it wouldn't always be Call of Duty that I'd do some point and clicks and stuff. So we'll just suss it out. Yeah. We've got, you know, we've got to organize a setup now. Yeah. Which should be interesting. Hardcore gaming setup. Oh, yeah. Totes. Totes. Alright. Um, quizzy time. Unless you've got anything else you want to talk about. No, that's Smash gorgeous. Activision. I haven't checked the forums in the last two days. I've. Let's have a look. Alright, let's do the quiz while yep, yep. I have a look, shall we? Alright, so today. Um, why did I choose this one? 
This colourful quiz will reveal which random living room object Listen, you truly embody. I think we can all agree we all either live in our bedrooms at the moment or our living rooms. And um, the first question had the colour red. It was about the colour red. And I was like, you know what? I'm living in my living room. Why not? No, my luck, I'll probably be a couch. I would like to be either the bookshelf or the television. Yeah, I probably, knowing me, I'm just, I'll, I'll be a couch. Couches are comfy. Yeah, couches are comfy. No one's having a go. Okay. All right. Uh, as always, link in the description. Yep, yep. Pick a red photo. It uh, looks like yeah. a wall with some mist and it says love is a drug because it's one of those neon lights. Then there's some autumn leaves, which I guess you can guess which one I'm going for. Yep. Then it's a woman in, I would say that's an orange background in a reddish shirt. Or um, that looks like a fan, doesn't it? Yeah. Like a Jap fan. The handheld ones? Yes. So I'm going to go for the leaves. What yep. are you going for? I'm going for leaves. Okay, cool. Um, and how about orange? So there's a, uh, a woman in red knit sweater holding lemon. Oranges. Yeah. Please tell me you should, they're oranges and these people the, the don't two know they're oranges. citrus. Um, then you've got a minimalist photography of orange wall. Well, it looks like striped orange things. Then you've got brown and white brick wall. Okay. And then you've got just like a swirly orangey thing. Um, I'm going with the swirly orangey thing. Same, actually. I'm tempted to go the brick wall, but I like the swirls. Then we've got pick a yellow. There's a yellow surface with two grey pencils. We have a that, row I'm between sorry trees, to interrupt, yellow but that's leaves. mustard. Yeah, definitely mustard. Then we've got a bunch of yellow chrysanthemum flowers, and we've got a yellow bird sitting on like cage or something. I like I'm the street. The, yeah, the street with the leaves and the lights. Yep, yep. Pick a green photo. Um, it looks like a frond, like a flower bud frond, uh, foliage of like ferns, the mountains. Um, grass that looks like something you'd find in um, Pacific Northwest yeah. or New Zealand. New or Zealand. a that's not a chameleon, is it? That's a horned. horned that, that's a horned chameleon. Um, on a branch. I'm gonna go for the mountains. Yeah, I'm going the ferns. The the fern plant. Ooh, finally, we diverge. Yeah, and now we've got how about a blue one? So we've got a macro photography of blue flowers. We've got also, a... there are no flowers that are blue. Those are leaves with a blue filter, but that's yep. a separate story. Low angle photo of curtain wall building. Uh, blue smoke on white background, and we've got some close up of blue body of water. So I like the um, the blue smoke on the white background. So I'm going that one. I'm gonna go for the um, body of water with the ripples. Sweet. Then we've got. Pick a teal picture. Pick a teal picture. Um, Echeveria that are budding. So it's like a succulent. It looks like an aloe vera, but it's different. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a beach with surfers in it or fish in the sea. Then it looks like the silhouette of a mountain range. And then it looks like a laser light show at a museum, like an art setup. I'm going to choose Echeveria. Yeah, me too. Uh, pick a purple. So we have landscape photography of mountains. They're really cranking out these filters, aren't they? Mm. Purple and black pyramid wallpaper. Then we've got tilt shift lens, pink fetal flowers. Pink petal. Right that looks like lavender. Yeah. I'm choosing the lavender. Person sitting on black surface looking to sky. That looks nice. So I went, to, uh, went that one. Yep. Now pink. Pink vibes on pink wall. Um, like a city morning sunrise or sunset, I guess you could say. That looks very pink. 
um, a pink flamingo concrete wall or uh, a white pink table with a cup of tea in some slightly dusted pink china. I'm going to go for the cityscape in pink. Yeah, I went the skyscraper. Then we got white. Um, white concrete building during daytime. Uh, white cherry blossoms under white sky at daytime. Uh, then we've got white concrete building. Uh, then we've got person wearing a pair of cream white Adidas Yeezy Boost 350 shoes. So I just went the uh, cherry blossoms. I'm going cherry blossoms too. We ain't here to stand the Yeezy. Nope. Then uh, choose a brown one. You have macro photography of three assorted liquids. Um, you have brown mountain covered it's by It's coffee. It's yeah. three coffees. Black coffee, coffee latte, and... I'm oh, no, sorry, um, cappuccino and a latte. Yeah. I'm sorry. Then you've got some leaves on the ground. Yeah, autumn dried leaves. leaves. Autumn leaves. And uh, seashore. So I went the uh, brown dried mountain leaves. covered by melting snow. Of course you did. Yeah. Then uh, pick a black photo. We've got a left person's palm in the dark. Um, then we've got a macro photography of black cat. That's my son. That's um, my cat, Mozzie. Grayscale photo of stone. And then this is the Department of Water and Power Building in downtown Los Angeles, John Ferrari Building. Okay, that was quite... I'm going for the Mozzie moto. Yep. Yum, yum, yum. Um, lastly, pick a rainbow picture. So you've got assorted color smoke. Then you've got multicolored abstract painting. Then you've got... A kind of umbrellas of, in yeah. the sky. And then a sunflower... Uh, that has been multicolored, which looked cool on the white background. So I went that one. I'm gonna go for the sort of multicolor smoke. Woo! What did you get? I got couch. Oh! You've got to be a couch. To put it simply, you're chill as heck. You're the kind of person who doesn't have to try hard to impress people or win people over. You're some. You're someone others naturally gravitate towards and want to get to know better. Honestly, you're someone we all wish could be. Okay, radio. Um, I'm the TV. <laughs> As guest, you're totally a TV. You're a constant source of joy and entertainment for the people in your life. You're connecting... You're sorry. You're someone people turn to when they forget about their problems for a little bit because you're all about having a good time. As Kesha once sang, the party don't start till you walk in. So I'm on the one more fair um, subreddit. Woo! You'll be glad to know that there's lots of fangirling about the new ghost operator pack. Yep. There's a meme that says the Modern Warfare 2019 patch cycle. Adding a new weapon, nerfing the OP weapon from the last update. Apparently there's this new bug. Um, when you play Warfare uh, Warzone in the Tavorsk district, uh, apparently you can make yourself throw knives and shoot through people. If you're standing in the building, you can shoot out. Yep. Um, not that I'm supporting that. I'm saying, you know, they have to patch that. Um, looks like some of the Americans are actually getting the connection failed issue that we've been having for the past three months. Finally. So maybe now that the Americans are suffering through that, that will get patched out. Yeah. Uh, someone saying that they found a stranger option has said that they found a way to delete data packs to save your hard drive. I don't think that you should be doing that because, no. Mm. People are fangirling over the new um, disembodiment weapons. You know the ones yeah. you have to buy the opera. Do you end up buying that? Yes. Can you stay? Would you recommend? It's cool for sniper rifles and like if you get someone in the head, it's gone. Is it all weapons or select few? Select weapons, okay. but you can blueprint them. And you, when I made you my setup, you said it was better than any blueprint you had ever seen on the MP7. Yeah. So. I'm pretty... I am the blueprint. For that one, yeah. For that one, not the others. No, because I've messed around <laughs> with some really... Um, 
the community after Infinity War releases yet another 30 gig update. You know, I used to think I was being neglected, but now I see that you are intentionally screwing me. Yeah, literally. Activision is actively activating and investigating an issue where some players are unable to connect to online services. We're to be stayed tuned for updates. Um, what else is there? Apparently there's a lot of memes about, you know, them over-promoting Ghost. Um, people are... There's a photo that they've uploaded. Um, user 982288623. Their ping has gone to over 5,000 milliseconds. That's the photo. Yeah. He's just taken a screenshot of either his PS4 or his Xbox. Um, another American, Only Warrior, says it's f- he has 30 meg. So he's got 30 ping, 500 megabit per second wired internet, and Activision servers made of popsicles of hot glue. So, how do you even get 500 meg per second? The most you can get in Australia is 100, and they don't even guarantee that. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you're running 500 megabit per second... Do you see colours? What is that like? What's it like when you drag an attachment to an email and it's there? It's just... What's it like when you stream something? Is it a different... What does your HD, Ultra HD television look like when you're streaming something? Very, very smooth. When you watch people on Twitch, do you do your ads buffer so fast they don't exist? But see, here's the thing. <laughs> like, if we were to try and stream... Our, our right con- now? Nothing. No. Our connection is being throttled. No. Your brother Rob tried to stream from here once, and I watched it from my data, because it would have been too much for our internet to handle, and that was... The most appalling, abysmal thing I had ever seen. Just nightmare. Three quarters of his stream was the purple loading, connecting to stream, connecting to stream, connecting yeah. to stream. Just a joke. Like, his stream was being uploaded, I suppose, for lack of a better term. Any Mahoozle, um, sorry. I guess we should continue, continue this. Um, where else was I going with this? Um, but um, We haven't watched anything new recently this week, have we? Uh, no. I've just been... We have some thoughts about the new Rick and Morty. Yeah, it's... It's a little too... methamphetamine, marijuana-induced. Yeah. It's getting a little... Are they running out of ideas, or are they just listening to all the feedback they're getting? Not last week's episode, the episode before. The train one. Yeah. And then he's like, no, you you have to support capitalism, small businesses, coronavirus... And then I was like, shit. Yeah. That 30-minute bullshit was worth that last 40-second ending. Yeah. Everything else I don't support. You know what I'm actually thinking of doing? I'm actually considering after playing this modern... As soon as I get to, you know, 155... Oh, you still got... How's that going for you? Can't so, relate. I know. Can't I'm thinking relate. of going back to... I've got your battle pass maxed out for you, though, in one hour of playing. I got you three tears and you nearly cried on the couch. I was like, god damn it. So now you sat there in awe, yeah, as if I was some archangel sent from the heavens to teach you how to play Call of Duty. So, and then um, you played my MP7 class, and you were like, "I see how yeah you handle things." So um, I'm thinking of actually going back to World War Two and playing that, and just playing Shipment. 
I like World War Two. I'm actually thinking of going back to it. I don't know if anyone else is playing it. Good luck getting a server because <laughs> everyone's on Warzone apparently. Yeah. According to them, sixty million users. Wow, you know. All right. Weekly news. Um, there's a big bust up between Beijing and Canberra about Australia calling in inquiries yeah. to how so coronavirus got so bad. Essentially, what they want to do now is ban the export, or so China. They refuse to take our beef, our barley, and our barley. They want and to impose want an eighty percent tariff for anything that we want from them. Yeah. Which and is they're a, one of our biggest trade partners. Yeah. Because. But in, here's the thing. It's not going to affect the baby formula because they need the baby formula. That was the media release. That's mm-hmm. the, that's a, that's not my opinion. That's you know fact. That's fact. That's, that's fact. so just in case people get a little bit unhappy with that comment, that's actually come from the Australian government. I'm just also repeating for baby. Um, it sucks that they. It sucks that their own government can't ensure they don't that they have a supply of yeah. that stuff. So I'm saying, how dare they buy from us? What I'm saying is. That they they know that their own people need that. Why wouldn't you make that at home? Yeah, that's just. Why wouldn't it be a home export? You know what I mean? It's just stupid. Or is China just so large now that they don't have the land to support having that many cows? I just, oh, I, don't I don't know. know. It's all stupid. And um, it's going to be. There's a Moz post truck at the side of our house, and I need to know if it's here to deliver me a package, but I don't think it is. No, don't think it is. Ah, oh, devastating. Devastated. No, it's for the neighbors. next door. Damn it. Yeah. Sadness, summertime sadness. So anyway, I think that this is necessary. Apparently 50 nations have backed us. Yep. Um, Australia is the chewing gum underneath the foot of Beijing. We're here for a good time, not a bad time. Yep. And uh, someone needs to be held accountable. Yeah. And they can't be doing too well because apparently they're reclosing all their gyms and cinemas. What is that? You can't fudge your data anymore, huh? Because there's an inquiry. You're facing it. Your father's facing an inquiry at work and it is entirely your fault. If you put another toe out of line, you'll be coming straight home. And Junior, dear, congratulations on yeah. being assigned to Gryffindor. Your father and I are so proud. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So yeah, they're uh, relocking down things after they second wave, second wave. Um, talking about second wave, apparently Ruby Rose decided that she no longer wanted to be um, Batwoman. Oh really? Because she doesn't want to be a sidekick to Batman. No, apparently um, she had to deal with a lot of long working hours, and because she didn't want to do that, that led to a lot of friction on the set. Um, so Warner Brothers Television, who own the CW, like everything such as Green Arrow, Vampire Diaries. They used to be Warner Brothers, and then they became CW. And they air like Supernatural and all those cool sci-fi shows that everyone knows and loves. Um, you know Roswell, New Mexico, yep. the original, not the remake, that I still need to find and watch. Um, they were all from that channel. Yep. And so she's decided that uh, that's not but in it see, for the... here's the thing. Long working hours. Now, I know that the media industry, like movies and stuff, Hollywood is pretty tough. Like, there's people who are working really shit hours. But at the end of the day, some of these actors are earning millions. So, also too, to be in either the Marvel or the DC franchise, you will be remembered for playing a role 
in those two franchises. Now, there are people who would literally break down buildings to get into that particular role. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but what characters has she played in the past? Um, she she was, was a sidekick in a Jean Wick movie, yeah. which would have taken less than two days worth of filming. Yeah. Right? She was in Orange is the New Black in one, of, one two of the seasons. And again, what was that? Two, three weeks worth of filming on and off for her? Yeah. She was in the Triple X, yep. Xander Returns, Returns yeah. or whatever it's called I movie. I haven't watched it yet. Um, didn't they say that that only took like a month and a half to yeah. do because the majority of it for them is CGI and exactly. the video graphics behind all of that? So she's not used to a TV show where you literally film for nine months straight, you get a month and a half off, and then you need to start getting ready for the next season. Yeah. Just... She's used to supporting roles and to guest star roles. That's no disrespect to her. I think she's she started out being something completely different. Wasn't she like um, discovered as a model, and then she somehow got an MTV disc jockey role, and then she became really popular and she had some high profile relationships. And then that caused her to become, and rightly so, the androgynous icon that she is. And everyone should, you know, support people for who they really are. And then she got, was it Orange is the New Black or something? Um, apparently in America they love her. And so apparently, I've never watched Orange is the New Black, but apparently they have that kind of cast where it's very, LG, I'm sorry, I'm trying to say it correctly, LGBTIQ plus kind of cast or... Um, characters that they portray and yep. so they wanted her in there um she was in john wick pendulum what else has she been in like she's been in a, a, a decent amount so she's been in um obviously john wick pitch perfect three the meg that's um, right she was in the meg sheep yeah. and wolves resident evil the final chapter uh break free around the block um she was originally in mtv as herself she was a host uh, lots of MTV, yeah. Logies, blah, blah, blah. Batwoman, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, Arrow, The Flash. I lost a little bit of respect for her when I found out that she... So, um, Rose is, as in the Australian boxer, Rose, who is her godfather. Yeah. And her... I can't remember if it's her dad or her mother who were friends with him. And when she wanted to be famous... She knew that she could only... Like, she wanted to have a popular name behind her. Yeah. And she chose her godfather's name. And he's... Like, he has since passed away. And her family were like... They weren't actually that close. She's capitalising on my father's name... To further her career. Now, there's an interesting thing about this. Um, She actually... Like, a friend of mine... Who was actually training me in boxing and stuff... Years ago... Um, his family own a boxing gym and she actually trained at that gym for a charity boxing max. Boxing she does, a, she's yeah. a, um, what's a, a philanthropist. Yes. Right? But she's very calculating and it could all add up to nothing. But a lot of the people that end up leaving or breaking off relationships with her Say she's very calculating. Yeah. Say that she wants... Um, for example, she dated 
um, I can't remember which, remember which Veronica's sister, but she dated one, and she made up such vicious, slanderous lies about. So they were in an on-off relationship for a while, then she ended up going with someone else, and then they broke up, and then she went back to the, with the sister, and then I can't remember if they got engaged too or something or other, but they she made up mad shit about her sister, her twin sister, right? They, they came out of the womb together. They're closer than, you know, most people have a relationship with anyone in their lives, right? Yeah. You, don't, you, can't fuck with, you can't fuck with a sibling, let alone uh, a twin, right? You can't do that. Yeah. And then so she made up mad shit and she was saying that, oh, she said that, you know, all um, gay people, this is me paraphrasing, but she said something along the lines of all gay people would go to hell, they're revolting, so on and so forth. And so how could you lie about that shit? And then that damaged um, her sister, like that put a lot of shit and strain on their family and stuff like that. And you just go, so she has this track record of, and I'm not saying that, yes, yeah, she has her mental health. Everyone has, to some degree, an issue with mental health, right? Yeah. Yes, she has been in and out of hospital before. Um, not to shame people, but it's obvious on her body. If you look at past photos of her that she did self-harm and things. And that's not something to laugh about. That is obviously something serious. Um, I hope that she, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? That... She makes it through and she doesn't have to... I don't want to say resort to it, but she doesn't have to do that anymore. No. Right? You don't want, some, you don't want anyone to have to deal with that. So I know she has her mental health struggles. She's, I can't remember if she was regularly hospitalised or something like that. But she plays it out so much. And she talks mad shit about everyone else. And you can't get into a series like this. And then I think they... Have they even recorded season two? I don't know. I haven't been watching it. I haven't watched it either, but I can't right. remember. Um, I know she's actually coming out in a movie um, called SAS Red Notice. Um, it's essentially, you know, action thriller by Magnus Martens. <coughs> I hope you press pause. I hope you press pause. Sorry about that, everyone. Dust. Wash your hands. Don't wipe it on your pants. Ah, dust. I corona time. It's Corona time. She was just in season one. I don't even think they... They announced season two, but I don't think it's been recorded. So nothing? On 12th of March 2020, Warner Brothers Television shut down the production on the series due to the pandemic. Um, they had one additional day of shooting episode 20, but they couldn't carry through with that because of the shutdown. Um, and so the last episode should have aired on May 17th. And it aired to 0.74 million, uh, 0.74 million people. It's not a big show. Like The first episode only saw 1.86 million US viewers. And in October too. There you go. So it's not a, no disrespect to her, but she wasn't pulling many views compared to other things she's starting. Yeah. So it's just, 
So the show will continue. It will. Oh, yeah. I hope they, they give it to someone and it makes them a breakout star like Vampire Diaries to Tanina Dobrev and the other cast of actors she played with. What do you do? Because apparently, like, in 2019, there was something where she had to have a, like, back surgery or something. Yeah. So. She's had a lot of um, health things, to be honest. You know, one thing I found out, but... Maybe I can, we can, I'll save, sorry, no, we'll save this for the, another no, podcast because it's interesting. Just say it. was just um, something about Andre the Giant and uh, the Princess Bride. Um, essentially. That's a very weird crossover, but Back whatever. injury. Um, because uh, Andre the Giant, basically. Uh, really he was well a very, known, very huge man. Very huge man. Very known, very well known for his wrestling and everything. Yes. So essentially what I found out was on the actual script, oh sorry, in the actual movie, the way they, they filmed it, there's points where, you know, actors are climbing on his back and everything. And they busted his back. But they're not actually climbing on his back. The way they did it, they set up all these different levels. levels. So the actors were just walking next to him or standing next to him. They weren't actually on him or anything. And they just put their arms over him to yeah, make it look they like... they filmed it that way and because obviously having the back injury and everything. and because We, should, was, we support people who support OSHA. Yeah, so essentially he was basically the, the, the sweetest um, guy on set. Like he was um, just so friendly to everyone and it was just like that back injury that um, kind of linked that one. So in case people were wondering about that, but uh, yeah, it's just interesting and he would just, you know, uh, because obviously his primary um, language is French. So he couldn't actually read the script. So what they actually did was the director recorded all his lines and he listened to his lines and learned it that way. And because of, you know, his physical prowess sort of, you know, in the in the ring with the wrestling, he wasn't a trained actor. And they're actually saying that he just did everything so naturally and didn't really need any physical direction um, with his, you know role you know points i guess but uh, it was just interesting to see how they really looked after him and just a real gentle giant but it's amazing how debilitating a, a back injury can be i'm like looking for what's his name the new guy it's not new he's been in wd for a while i can't remember but he looks like andre the giant but he's slightly a thinner build The Great Carly, yeah, that's the great it. Yeah. yeah. And he used to have Punjab, Punjabi, yeah. I think, in lettering yeah. on one of his legs. Yep. So, yeah, back injuries, really wreck things. Yeah. So. He passed away, unfortunately, of congestive heart, heart failure, failure yeah. I think. Yeah, poor Andre. So, um, yeah. Um, I think I had one more thing on the docket. Oh, yeah. Um, we were talking about Fire Festival. Yeah. Because we were looking at uh, H3 mm. podcast and um, who was it? What's the guy from the something Seconds to Mars? 30 Seconds to Mars. Uh, what's his name? He thought he played the Joker. Yeah. Jared Leto. Leto. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he has some sort of like cult thing and they're going to be the next fire festival. Yeah. Um, apparently Kylie Jenner has been ordered to pay back 136000 American dollars in the fire festival lawsuit because remember how she was paid yeah. to promote the festival? Yep. Um, so she has since settled it. Uh, and this dates back to 2017. So this is a while ago. 
she obviously promoted it in a since deleted Instagram post. Um, she was sued in August of 2019 by the US Bankruptcy Court in New York um, because some guy called Gregory Messer was trying to recover funds for creditors that lost money. Um, he claimed that she was allegedly paid 418000 um to post her post, essentially, to and, you know, she has millions of people, um, and she, along with other people, made it sound like the whole event would be filled with, like, was this majestic Shangri-La uh, with supermodels, you know, lounging on the beach with common man, yep. and so on and so forth. Um, and she didn't... This was back before Instagram made it... Um, obvious that something was a paid advertisement or was a paid ad and so she didn't say anywhere hashtag ad hashtag spawn um and so yeah she didn't tell her followers and so on and so forth um so what do you do (laughs) oh geez what do you do what do you do he's gonna fail big time so well, they gonna... should have gotten their money back. I wonder if that guy is still going with his next... Wasn't he, like, trying to make a ticketing... He was trying to racketeer ticketing or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Like a ticket, a seat for shows and um, concerts and sporting events and so on and so forth. Yeah. I haven't followed that in a while. Yeah, that's crazy. I actually want to cover Fire Festival, but it's like... You know, how much do you unpack it? <laughs> That's the thing. Because um, apparently it goes back. All right. Is there anything else you want to cover no. today? No. All good. Before we get into it. All right. So today, um, I'm sorry. I know you don't like the graphic true crime stuff. So I have watered it down as much as possible. All good. All right. Today, we are unfortunately going to... Um, Look, before we get into today's topic, um, this episode is not meant to minimise the pain, grief or loss that followed the events that we will be discussing. If you have any information regarding any kind of criminal activity or you just want to report something that doesn't feel right, please contact Crime Stoppers. It's anonymous unless you state that you want to be identified. You can do that at crimestoppers.com.au or by calling 1-800-333-000. Again, it's an independent and non-for-profit organisation. They're part of a global network, so there's a Crime Stoppers in America, there's a Crime Stoppers in the UK, and so on and so forth. Um, and if you find yourself able to donate, please do. Uh, they do a lot of work, and it takes a lot of time to do the work that they do. Um, and then there's also going to be a massive trigger warning for today's episode because we will unfortunately have to go in depth to discuss a murder. If you or someone you know needs help or crisis support, please contact Lifeline Australia at 13 11 14 or at lifeline.org.au. In the uh, US, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline on 1-800-273-8255 or at suicideprevention.lifeline.org. Um, in Mexico, please call 52 59 81 21 or access um, au. If you're in the UK, there is a support line service at 017-08-765-200. I try to keep it in line with the major, I guess, countries that yeah. listen to us, if that makes sense. Um, normally, also, I would not draw attention to the suspect in the title of this episode because... 
I have always said that I want to advocate for the victim and the victim's family. But this time, unfortunately, I feel like I have to because the prime suspect is technically still at large and their identity, unfortunately, has to be known for them to be brought to justice. So I'm not saying that because I want to clickbait against their name, but because you need to know who this person is in case you come across them because you need to report it. Um, and I want to drive that this episode is not meant to be disrespectful to it's meant to be disrespectful to the victim, their family, or their friends. It's We're merely recording this because we want to discuss the events that have occurred and hopefully get this case out there in a different forum or circle of people because I certainly know that before I researched this case and heard about it, it's not something that was really mentioned here in Australian media. Um, maybe we'll have a different take on it than some people. Yeah. Um, I will not be stating the names of minors. Uh, I will not be disrespectful to the victim's children um, because that's not our business. Yep. Um, I also want to cover like a more diverse kind of range of cases because a lot of people that we follow and the cases that they cover are predominantly about white people. Yeah, pretty much. Because white people are the only people, you know, and they're the only cases that are worth solving, See, you know? that's stupid. Like, literally stupid. Like, just why don't they have more... Diversity? Attention? Diversity. That's 110%. Diversity. Um, and these, we're talking about some people, and I'm not going to state names because everyone knows who they are, but they have such big reach, such big platforms, and they have the ability to put so much focus onto specific cases that hardly ever see the light of day. Exactly. Don't get any promotion. But, no, nah, let's just cover the white girls. You know what I mean? Um, so there's so much more light that needs to be drawn to these cases. I want to do it, but I'm also kind of scared to do it because you have to do it in a different way. The statistics are completely different when you talk about whether it be a female or a male, whether it be um, Native Australian, Native American... Um, Islander, or what else am I missing? Hispanic. Yeah. There's but... you have to do it differently. You have to be respectful in a different way. And for every Caucasian case, I can tell you that there are so many more of minorities where people just don't care, and people say, "Oh." And I think for me, like we've discussed, and you said to me, "Where would you draw the line?" And I've always said, "Listen, the furthest you can go in true crime is for." I'm not going to say which nation, but we can all guess which mafia I'm referring to. So it would take a lot for me to discuss that. Because once you start talking about that shit, they know who you are. Because they actively patrol those kinds of things. Yeah, and then they get shitty. And so, like, I would never go there. But it's enough to draw flack. And it's funny because even though we're essentially on the the radar, on the big scare, like grand scale. (laughs) Like we're, you know... We're we have nothing. a million subscribers. No, we're not. We're nothing. Um, but it's more a case of people will still take that as an offence that you are. It's attacking. keywords. You it's literally keywords. just have to Google the keywords and your thing will come up. Yeah. So eventually. Um, so, yeah. So, if it, essentially, it all dwindles down to the fact that today we're going to cover one case from an ever growing list of cases that shouldn't exist. Yep. Today we're going to be talking about the case of Estrella Carrera. Um, I'm going to provide all the links and numbers necessary for people to contact the information hotline and tip hotline so um, you can do that if you know something if you know anything about the case if you know anything about his whereabouts please 
don't hesitate to contact the authorities. Um, and like everyone who's involved in this case says, this can be closed so quickly. Yeah. All it takes is one tip. All it takes is one piece of information to say, he's here right now, or I saw him yesterday. Yep. And the culprit can be put to justice and the family can be given some closure. All right. Have you heard of this case before? No. See, I hadn't either, but um, we're starting a new podcast series today, and this is the FBI's 10 Most Wanted Fugitives. Today, I've discovered to cover one scummy piece of the earth. Yep. All right. I'm just going to have a drink of water. All good. And that's the thing. Also, too, in regards to like the actual true crime um, articles and stuff, there is essentially so many cases that if you were to actually try and detail every single one of them... There are more coming up every second. So, do you know how many? It's scary. Um, Indigenous Australian, especially women cases, there are, and unfortunately, there, there are a lot of them that are in Queensland because it's closer to the Northern Territory. Yeah. And when those girls go missing, they go missing with their children. Yep. Right, and they just say, "Oh, they run away," and that's where they leave it. Yeah. And their families are like, "That never ever." has been the case of it. And that is one of the deciding factors that made this family, Estrella's family, worried for her. Yeah. Because that happened. She went missing. Well, she didn't come one day to collect her kids. And her family were like, this is something she never did. All right. So, <clears throat> let me paint a picture for you, all right? You've been in a relationship with a person for years. Yes, things have been rocky, but you seem to have gotten through it. You're finally getting married. Right? It's your wedding day. You have a fantastic, magical day. You're surrounded by friends and the family who are able to attend. You decide to go out to dinner with all of your guests. And then you all get in a party limo and you're there with your new spouse. And you say, you know what, let's hit up the clubs. We're going to dance the night away up until about 3 a.m. in the morning. Then you and your guests, you know, you go your separate ways. You all disband. You've got to call the, call the end of the night at some time. You know, you all got to go home. And then things start to take a dark turn. You argue with your new spouse in the car on the way home. And at some point, at 3.30pm on Sunday the 13th of May 2020, which I'd like to point out was Mother's Day, a call is made from the 911 dispatch to the Burbank, Illinois Police Department. I'm going to play that clip for you now. Uh-huh. On the way and request the welfare check. And uh, who is she checking on? She was checking on her brother's wife. Uh. So the police described these kinds of calls. Oh, sorry, I should go through my references really quickly. Um, I watched a lot of the HLN and the WGN news coverage that was available on YouTube. I watched the In Pursuit with John Walsh episode that aired earlier this year because that was also on YouTube. Um, if there was a news article or press release, um, I was able to get through it. Um, for some of them that were in Espanol, I was able to translate it very crudely. <laughs> Um, so I hope that stays the same. But for everything else, more importantly, his FBI profile is uh, www.fbi.gov slash wanted slash top 10 slash Arnaldo dash Jimenez. All right. 
let's get this party started. So uh, in the documentary, the police detective says, you know what, this is a pretty typical call that we get. Um, and his name was, well, the detective's name was Enrique Perez. And he was on duty when the call came in. And what are you typing? At the moment, nothing. Okay. So, as you can tell by the call, there wasn't much information there exchanged. Um, they were pretty much just asked to get into contact with this woman who lived at this address. Um, so, the woman's brother... So... The woman's brother is making a call. That's a bit odd. That is odd. Right? At least in my head. And she says in the call that her brother had gotten into an argument with his wife... And she didn't provide any reason why there was a need for a welfare check. Just that she wanted to have one carried out. Yeah. So it's 3.34pm on Mother's Day, right? The cops pull up to a three-storey apartment block. Us Aussies would call it a block of flats of units, right? Yeah. It's only three storeys tall. It's pretty general out here. And so while they're there, her family starts rocking up, Right. And they say, look, we're looking for our family. They didn't even know that they were there for her. Yeah. And said, like, look, you know, um, we're looking for a family member. Um, I'm looking... So it was this woman's sister. Um, and she says, look, I'm looking for Estrella Carrera. Um, she hasn't been around. She left her kids at our father's house for two days, and she doesn't do that. Her kids are her life. Something must be wrong. Can you please help us? And so the detective is like, this escalated to another level for me. Yeah. So it's 4pm now. Uh, the police decide that they're finally going to enter her apartment. So they walk in there. There's no signs of a struggle. And typically when you do that, you can tell that no one's... They said that no one had broken in. Yeah. Right? So that means that there were no busted windows. Uh, there were no marks on the door as if someone had tried to shimmy or bust their way through. Um there was no broken glass, there was no blood, there was no damaged property, there was nothing out of the ordinary. He was quoted as saying, it looked like a normal apartment. So then they walk further through and they make it to the bathroom. And unfortunately, they find a woman um, in the tub. She's covered in numerous stab wounds. In the photo that they showed in the episode, it they didn't show her from the chest up, yeah. like from the waist up. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's where the yeah. stab wounds were. Um, so she's covering numerous stab wounds, poor woman. And they calculated them to be 18 and in total. And that's a lot. That's that's a lot. Um, if it's accidental, you go one, two, three. You have to be in a fit of rage. Yeah. To keep going. Yeah. They're going crazy. Um, so, in the photos of the bathtub that she was found in, there's no blood splatter. There's no markings, anything, nothing out of the ordinary. And so that told the authorities that, look, the bathroom is not the scene of the crime. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say this because she seems like an absolutely lovely woman. Um but her body was just disposed there. Like, she's not a piece of trash, but that's the way she was treated. Yep. Um, so, Estrella, her friends called her Star, so that's how I'm going to refer to her today, to make her more human, I guess. Not that I need to do that, but whatever. She was an interpreter and a social worker. 
Um, but her case, because, you know, clickbait, she was referred to, referred to as the murdered bathtub bride. Oh, great. Because that's all your life boils down to. That's pretty shit. A newspaper headline, right? Some of the people who write these articles and put names like that to it just... Uh... There is so... There's this woman called Nancy Gray. You know in... Um, oh, what's that movie? Gone Girl. Yeah. How's there's a news anchor, the woman... And she's like riding Nick's ass. And she's like, Nick did it. Nick did it. Nick did it. She was modelled off a news anchor that exists. And her name is Nancy Grace. There you go. She is a piece of work. Sometimes she... Like, she has to play both sides. But she really hammered this guy down. Yeah. Right? And so she went in on this guy. Um, anyway. But that's like... One of the things, but she brought it, and they were like airing so much shit. And how can you speculate on things and allow people to speculate on things if you don't even know? No. And the media said so much bullshit that I couldn't even back up. But we're getting to it. Get we're getting traction. to it as I go through. So she was unfortunately still wearing her cocktail wedding dress, right? So the main suspect, as you guessed, is Arnaldo. Yeah. Um, and the groom's missing, right? The He's been her wife for... Le- her husband. She's his wife of less than a day. And so now, retrospectively, the FBI has issued a $100,000 reward for any information that leads to his capture, and they've placed him on the FBI's top 10 most wanted fugitives list. Um, he was seen escaping in his, at the time, $115,000, uh, 2006 black Maserati. He, while he was escaping, called his ex-girlfriend, had updated her on what he had done, and pretty much said, I'm fleeing the country to Mexico. The bit with the car, though. It gets, you remember that car, right? It plays a bigger part later. A black Maserati. I've driven past black Maseratis. I knew... I knew there's something... I would never buy a Maserati. They just... Obviously, why would you go for a Maserati we can go for a 351 GT or a Shelby, you know? Yes, Dad. All right. <laughs> point, point aside, it's just... You know, that's funny because the Lapaqueta owner who fucks over all of his partners in Victoria owns, owned a black Maserati. Yeah. And then when he started losing money, he had to trade down for his Beamer. Yeah. No, he's got a Merc now, doesn't he? Yeah. Maserati. Weird guy. He Weird. likes us, though. Yeah, he does. He recognises us. Yeah. Recognises me from when I'm like five, six years old. It's creepy. All right. So these two had been in a relationship for years. Uh, he was the father. So she had two children. He was the father of the youngest. The family knew that something was terribly wrong when she never came to collect her children after the wedding celebrations. So they were expecting her to come Saturday morning. Yeah. To come pick up her kids. Um, the kids are now 10 and 17, and they're being raised by her sister, Jasmine. Um, her eldest child, her daughter, knows what happened to her mum, but her younger son doesn't. doesn't. And they want to keep it that way. Um, so in our show notes, I put a picture of the crime scene photo they took of her in the blood. There's no pooling yeah. in there. Rigor mortis has set in, and you can tell that the circulation has stopped in the rings. Yeah. 
Uh, so, you know. And she's, like, on her side in the fetal position. And she looks so tiny. She's not even wearing shoes. Yeah. She's just being dumped. Um, so... Yeah, so... And we're back. Someone needed a cup of tea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two pours again. Two weeks in a row. Don't you guys yeah. feel special? Oh, yeah. There you go. That's empty Thanks. now. That was you poor timing on my half. <laughs> poor pouring on my... Um, so... She, I don't know. So she's still wearing her... You can see in the photo, sequin wedding dress. Um, and the detective said that this pointed to the fact that she was doing something fun. Yeah. And somehow it's ended in tragedy. And the detective Perez said, you know, I'm going to carry this case with me for the rest of my life. Yes, Valkyrie, I understand. So, outside the apartment, her family are there because they think she's inside. And they see all the officers leave. Yeah. And they're still waiting for her to come out. And then poor Jasmine, um, she, you know, see an ambulance showed up. And it had, the, it had the lights, but not the sirens. Yeah. And then she knew something was wrong. Yeah. Well, she already knew something was wrong, but her worst fears were confirmed. So she screams. Uh, she held onto their brother, um, and understandably so, she entered a state of shock. She couldn't talk. Um, so the officers start talking to her brother and the other members of the family, um, and they found out that she was married on Friday afternoon. It's now Sunday, right? So there's a lot of nearly two days of time to account for here. Uh, they say, look, she just got married to her longtime boyfriend, Arnaldo. Um, these guys are newlyweds. They've both been missing over the weekend. So the police go, okay, we found the bride. Where's the groom? Um, and the biggest question they said they were asking themselves at that point in time is, where was he? Why was he not there taking care of her? Uh, did he commit the sin of killing his wife? Yeah. And then... Um, when Jasmine was interviewed for the In Pursuit episode, she described her sister as being very outgoing and happy. She said that she was goofy, loud, and made people happy. That her sister had met this asshole through mutual friends, and her sister described him like uh, Straya had described him as being very charming. Um, he actively pursued a relationship with her. He took her out on dates, and things kind of happened very quickly. And then, sorry, you put your arm up to scratch and I'm like, I'm a lecturer, there's a question. <laughs> uh, on the 13th of March 2010, um, they delivered their son, so her second child, but their first together. And um, obviously, like I said, I'm going to put the kids' names out there. Um, and Jasmine said that after her nephew had arrived, their relationship became very on and off. Um, and then... They suddenly got back to re back, got back together again, right? In their cycle of on off, on off, on off, and they told her fa- well, Estrella told her family, her mother, her sister, a week before her wedding that I'm getting married to him. And Jasmine was very confused because she knew that Star hadn't been in contact with Ronaldo for a few months, and she didn't give Jasmine any details on the wedding of the wedding until the day of. And so at that point, Jasmine said, look, it's too late for me to get ready to meet you. I can't organize right now someone to take care of my own kids. Do you want me to, you know, look after my niece and nephew? And Jasmine said that she did this because she didn't really want to go, because she didn't approve of their union, and she knew that Star wasn't making the right choice. 
So the next day, Saturday, Jasmine says that it's the first time that she had ever heard her sister might be in trouble. The family was due to all meet at church at noon, but she never showed. And at 6pm on Saturday evening, Jasmine really started to get worried and her gut instinct told her that something was very wrong. I don't know why no one had acted on anything until the Saturday after, sorry, the Sunday afternoon, but Jasmine knew something was wrong. Then they interview Police Chief Mark Dudlow, uh, who's head of the Burbank, Illinois Police Department, and um, he said that straight after the courthouse wedding, the couple had organised a party bus, and so their plan was, look, we're just going to drive around the city of Chicago, um, we're going to have a good time, and then at 11pm, they... Uh, so they met the guests outside the restaurant. They all started to get on the party bus at around 11 p.m. And then they decided that they wanted to stop off at a liquor store and they got some liquor. And the footage was collected by the police and you can see that, um, you know, they're happy and they're alive and well. He's got her hand over her, his arm over her shoulder. They're together. They're laughing, smiling back and forth. Nothing looked amiss. He's handing over either, I think it looked like his credit card to pay for the alcohol. And then so they presumably get back on the bus. The night continues. There's lots of photos of them in the bus making out, you know, all over each other and that kind of thing. And then around 2 a.m., um, they decide that they want to hit up a nightclub on the north side of Chicago. And footage timestamps shows that they were there for about 90 minutes. Again, they're still holding hands. He's captured in pictures, kissing her cheek. They're both smiling. They both look very happy. And then towards the end, that's when things kind of take a turn. So it's like it's um there's a ca- there's a camera outside, and so it it it's panned across the footpath and the street. So it's on the wall, like a blank wall, imagine of yeah. the thing. And it's kind of like the camera's just above eye level, and it's sort of panning down, but it looks like people are walking at level with the camera, yeah. right? And so the door is just to the right. So it looks like an L-shaped wall. So they get out of the door. And she gets out. And so she faces the door, but his back is towards the door. And there's about a metre and a half distance of them between each other. Yeah. His car... So there's there's a walkway. There's the road. And his car is parked on the other side of the road. So you have to cross the road to get to the other side and to get into the car, right? So she's facing the door. He's got his back to the door. And they're very upset about something. Yeah. So she picks up her arm and she points. And I can't tell if she's pointing to the road. The The detective said he's she's pointing to the road, right? Yeah. But it kind of also looks like she's pointing at him. And he has his suit jacket and he's holding a beer bottle. like a It's not Corona, but it looks like a Corona beer bottle yeah. underneath. Um, so he's, you know how you have your jacket over your arm? Yeah. With that arm, he's holding a beer bottle. He throws the beer bottle. It doesn't look like he's throwing it at her, but it goes past her. It hits, it bounces the pavement, and it bounces off. Yeah. Right? And so there's no audio footage recorded of... Sorry, there's no audio recorded of this video footage, Right? I don't know if they decided to have a forensic speech pathologist or whatever that job is to have someone lip read what was said. Yeah. It's kind of quite blurry. It's only at most a 7, 720p um, recording. So yeah. it's quite poor. 
So you see her go down, like they both actively go to, into his car. And then I'm thinking, if this guy's just been, and they walk off side by side, but there's like a meter or two still distance between them. Um, obviously the driver's side is closest to the road as opposed to the passenger because she's closer to the footpath because it's the US. And here I am thinking, I'm watching this footage and I'm like, if he's been consuming alcohol all night, how is he able to drive? Yeah. And two, how is his car there? Yeah, exactly. If they've been in the party bus, like, did they know that they were ending up at that nightclub and therefore he had parked his car there or earlier in the day? Or did someone else put his car there? Yeah. Right? Potentially. What do you think, Inspector Sherlock? Detective Sherlock. It's, yeah, it is Detective Sherlock, isn't it? Yeah. Detective Sherlock, what do you think? Detective Sherlock. Um, so, yeah, either way, he's driving under the influence and how did his car get there? Are my two questions. So, they drive forward a little bit and then they pull a U-turn and then they drive off and then they leave the, the frame of the camera, like where the camera pans. And that's the last time that she was seen alive and he was seen at all, being driven away in that vehicle. And so that means that the only other person who can account for events after this footage is Arnoldo himself. And then so in the documentary, they then interview um, her brother, Victor. And he says, look, from the get-go, I didn't like this guy. Something about him rubbed me the wrong way and I just knew he wasn't right for my sister. Star had told her brother that he worked in construction, but this guy said... But Victor said he looks too put together. Um, and he's like, I'm not saying that a construction worker... Right, so I'm saying I don't think that a construction worker shouldn't grace a one runway, yeah. right? Like, if you're a runway supermodel, you go make your dollar-dollar bills, right? Dollar-dollar bills, sure. But Victor said it didn't add up because his hands looked like he'd never worked a day in his life. And I don't know about you, but from what I know about a construction worker, that's... Some hard labour. I'm... You know, like, yeah. it, you work a semi-labour job and I know what your hands look like. Yeah, it's... Let alone a, a man handling... Or woman and handling the ones who bricks. do like the concrete edges, it destroys your hands. So... My uncle's a concreter. And, and that man's sunburnt to the point where his permanent looks like tomato. Yeah. His back's stuffed, his knees stuffed, and he hangs his shoulders in such a way because you know he's torn his shoulders so much. Yeah. And it's just, you know, back-breaking manual labour. Yeah. And um, Victor's like, he drives a high-end car. He went to all the VIP events at clubs. And he had literally like made it sound like... Victor made it sound like he had money to blow. Right? And he reasoned that, look, a construction worker wouldn't live like that. Like a kind of lavish lifestyle. Um, and this is retrospectively where I have another question. And in my head, I'm like, not that I'm saying that Star didn't take good enough care of her kids, but you would think that if this asshole had so much cash money, wouldn't he make sure that he had set her up in the house? Yeah, it's just, you know, dodgy as hell. Dodgy as hell. Like, that's what you would do. If the situations were reversed and I was a guy and I had gotten the alleged woman love of my life, the person I want to marry pregnant, and I had all this cash money... And I'm popping bottles at 3am every Saturday. Wouldn't you get your significant other a house to raise your kid? Yeah. In a house? That's what you would You do. would treat the eldest child as if it was your child anyway. 
But wouldn't you get your family a house you instead would. of... Not that I'm saying she lived in a, a, a squalor, but I'm saying if you had this money, much money and you're a construction worker, wouldn't your first priority be like, I'm going to build my family a house instead of everyone else a house? Yeah. But that, I'm a different person. But that's just me, right? And then so um, they go through the documentary and then apparently he was... Analdo was arrested in 2007 on drug possession charges along with his brother in uh, Hildago County, Texas. Look, I'm not going to debate on it, but it's a different podcast topic, the whole war on drugs and marijuana. People are very on the fence or either side of the property about it. That's a different podcast topic. But he was charged with possession of marijuana. In the grand scheme of things, it's not the most terrible drug out there for what you can be charged for. No. But at the end of the day, he was carrying more than five pounds, which is 2.275 kilograms to us. Um, and that in the American law or state law in Texas is enough to suggest that you're looking to distribute. Yep. And you don't do that kind of things in the South because the law don't like them unless they're being paid off. So apparently Star knew more about this than what she led on to her family, especially her brother. She told him that she didn't like his history. She knew that he was dangerous. Um... And her brother sort of read between the lines and figured that she was staying with him out of fear rather than anything else. Um, Victor did his own digging and he said that he came across a report that was made by his sister because she was actually abused by this arsehole. And in the report, she had told the police that he had threatened to kill her. Wow, so nothing was done at that point. Either nothing was done or she declined to press charges. And someone saw and she had to make a report regardless because she doesn't seem to be the type of person who would go out on her own because yep. that would offend him more. Now, also, too, just from, you know, what a lot of people, a lot of you listeners out there will actually know that sometimes in situations like this and other situations, people don't think about what may happen. They think about loss. They don't want to leave the situation for fear of repercussions. So they're not thinking about potential circumstances that may result like or this. Or what the next step they is. They are fearing other things, you know? They don't... They wanna, it's going to set the person that's harming them Exactly. Because domestic violence is so tricky. And did you know, um, I don't know what it's like in America or Russia or anywhere else, other countries. Yeah. So in Australia... About 80% of what police will actually deal with is domestic. Domestic violence makes up a large portion of, you know, police And especially in our area too. And it's gotten to the point where, especially for us, if we hear something at this point, we just... I don't call triple zero. I call the, like, the police department, like, the precinct. Yeah. And I say, look, hi, I am this person. This is where I live. Um... Some, I have seen so-and-so. Something is going on. It's and just I unusual. predominantly do it when there are kids yeah. involved. For example, that time that happened across the street and yeah. the mother and kid were living in the back and the weird couple that had just done a bender at the front and we were worried about the kids. Because I remember there was one that I heard about through a guy at work. He's next-door neighbour. Um, essentially what happened, it had been going on for a while and him and his wife... Um, had gone out, I, I think it was like parent-teacher interviews or something, and the two older kids were at home, 
and they heard all these screaming, banging coming from two houses down from them. Um, and the kids, like obviously they're what, 16, 17, so I'll say teenagers, they called the police Good because the parents had said, you know, because they'd been like, look, it gets to a point where they you were... Didn't. You know. They know. At some point in some level, you can tell when something... Is off. Is wrong. So essentially what happened in this case, sorry to digress, the, the, the couple had been involved in a domestic. The husband had been drinking Ugh. and had been beating the wife. So essentially, you know, we all know how that turned out. But because these two teenagers were... They had the nous to call the police, um, essentially any further. But she was in bad shape, they said. And it was just a case of um, the guy I know. He said, you know, we were kicking ourselves for, you know. And she probably didn't do anything. She probably didn't want to press any charges. Um, yeah, and see, I never heard about what happened further on, but it's a case of, you know, even what we've seen, we had ones where, like that, that couple go on it, we literally, like all the other neighbours seemed... It's, literally, the outside of the house was the inside, and the inside of the house was the outside. Yeah, and it's like a neighbourhood It, it was 11 thing. o'clock at night, I think it was, it was actually a Sunday night. Because you at that time were I'd coming come home, home from, from work. work. You're like ten minutes. You know, you had just come home from work. That's right. And I was awake because I am kind of like a light sleeper, and I'm kind of like a light sleeper, but I'm also kind of a heavy sleeper. If you wake me up, I can't go back to sleep. Yeah. So I would actively wait for you to come home on your late shifts before I go to sleep. And so you had come home. I think you had gotten in the shower. I was getting ready for bed, and because my room is to the front of the house. Yeah. And we heard I heard glass smashing and screaming and I was like, Oh my god, what the shit? And so I crank my blinds a little bit and I see that their furniture is out on the footpath. Yeah. And it was going off to the point where it's like, you know, I'm um you know quite um, stressed. Getting over this so we made the phone calls. I started we doing the rounds yeah. and the block. But the thing is you never go outside. No. That's the thing. You never go because you don't know what it is. And even if it's even if it was, heaven forbid, an actual event happening, you don't want it you don't know how many people are there. And that's the situation because when we had the guy come in our backyard, yes it wasn't for nefarious reasons. I didn't know that at the time. But you go Anything, you don't know if there's another person hiding. In the bushes. Ready to fucking strike you if you go yeah. out. So that's the thing. You never go outside. And the other thing too is, with um, different localities, different suburbs, different countries, people respond differently to intruders. Now, it's a case of, if you're standing on a footpath, technically the footpath is... Local uh, government property. Local, under local distribution. Yes. And it's local. Same with the nature strip. As soon as you leave your front grass and you head... you hit, As soon as you cross the footpath, you don't yeah. own the footpath. No. And you don't own the driveway of your house past the footpath. Yeah. But if you are on the front lawn, you're in the driveway. If you are in the backyard... And you, that's up. So it's free real estate. It's like people will respond and... I've got a... I mean, I know a guy. He's Serbian. Um, and, <laughs> and he's... This is the guy I think you're talking about. He has, like, lovely guy. Like, really, really nice. Um, and I've heard some stories. It's a case of... It's a case... You know, defend your premises. You defend your family. And there are times where, you know, you hear things where... Just out of the blue, something someone comes up. 
I had a guy come down the driveway and was hiding behind the car. I came home I from was work. home for that. And it's and happened multiple times. Your mum times. was here too. And so she and I were sitting here where we're recording right now. And I heard like... I know what you sound like with your boots and your keys jingling. Yeah. Right? And I heard something, but it was too light-footed and it was different footwear. And so I knew something was different. And when you... Like, I know how many steps... It, like, the sound of your steps up until the porch and you get up the porch. That didn't happen. No. That continued down. Right? And your mum was talking to me and it was the first time I ever did it. But I was like, shh. Yeah. I didn't and- want to say shut up, but I put my hand up and I was like, shh. And then I switched on the light. I didn't open the door. I just wanted to switch on the light to look out the window. And I heard them run. Yeah. And then they've run. And, and you saw them. And as I've come the across street. the front lawn, yeah. they've dead set seen me. And bolted. And shat themselves. And they, went the other way. They went the complete other way. They didn't even look back. Anyway, we're completely yeah, off topic. Digress. Sorry. Yeah, so anyway, domestic violence... Is a big deal. It's a big if deal. If you hear something, you should call. Yeah, and especially the emergency numbers, call them. Sometimes it's better to just if make If you a feel call. like it's an emergency, you call. Otherwise, call. just log it. Yep. If you're a little sus, just call your police department exactly. or precinct or sheriff's office. I don't know. Yep. All right. So, in terms of the investigation, the police had... Um, where was I going with this? They had a lot. The police had a lot to go on, based essentially on what they had found out from her family. Um, where was I going? I lost track. Great, 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 great. Yep, that's my fault. Oh my god! All right. And then five months after the murder, um, and this was completely unrelated to the tr- like the murder case, right? The DEA, or the Drug Enforcement Administration, raided a property belonging to one of Arnoldo's family members. Yeah. Right? And so, it was, again, it was a separate investigation. They had a search warrant, and they carried it out at his, the, his brother's home. And several police members from the county went and assisted in the raid because, um, you know, they knew some information about the case, so on and so forth, right? And so there's a detached garage on the property. I would call it a shed, but yeah. when it has doors, apparently, it becomes a... Like, gateway doors, it becomes a garage. Yeah. And so this dwelling had a couple of windows, and so they start to peer in. And there were no lights on, but they can see sort of in their shadows of shapes. And so they have a warrant, so legally they're allowed to go in, right? Yep. What do you think they saw? The car. If you've read the script ahead, my notes ahead of time, I'm going to be so pissed. No, because you said that, remember the car. Okay, fuck. (laughs) I stepped on my own foot. (laughs) All right. So, there's this vehicle there, and it's kind of shoddily covered with a tarp. The agents pull it back, and boom, it's his 2006 black Maserati. There we go. Right? They open the driver's door. What do you think they found in it? A knife. Um, obviously, I'm assuming they found blood all over the seat and stuff. Maybe even uh, like, you know, stabby signs of like the knife penetrating seats and stuff. Um, I'm done. I'm done. You predicted everything, but there was no knife there. Uh, I'm 
done. Maybe you should be preserving this podcast and I should be the person <laughs> sitting here going, but what happened next? I think I've played too much Hitman 47. They didn't find a knife. And also, on the subject of the knife, why did he have a knife in his Maserati? Exactly. My Premeditated. Also, my... If you work from your car, aka a taxi driver, an Uber, or other DD or whatever the other services they are, and you essentially live in your car and you want to eat, you're gonna have a set of cutlery in you with your yeah. car, right? My paternal side of the genetic donation tree, they did that. I don't think they ever carried anything like a, a knife. That's not a knife. See, I've but had ones where I've had a. If you've gone camping, camping, that makes sense. Well, I've done camping. You got pulled away on your way home and the cops were like, who were you looking to Yeah, what's going slash on? Slash and you're like, Why officer. do you have a... And you're you know, like, officer, you can open my boot here in my Do you have any weapons on bag. you? Yes. What do you have? Field knife. It's with, <laughs> the camp- it's with the camping gear. Where is it? Well, it's under, you know, it, it's here. I, I can... It's right there. It's with the rest of the gear. And it's like the way it was stacked and everything, it was all like, literally, it was there with the... Um, the other cooking utensils and everything, it was... Yeah, yeah. yeah like twine, that literally... And like, The only time I've ever been searched is when I was walking home from my anatomy lab and my best friend, um, as you do in anatomy, you draw on yourself to learn the muscles, right? Yeah. And so these cops thought I was bad news because it was really warm, it was spring, and I didn't have my hoodie on and I looked like I had tattoos... And they thought I was there for nefarious purposes because that's when the chemist opened. And so they thought I was there to bust up the chemist because at the time for the first two months that the chemist had replaced the liquor store, there were a lot of incidences. They thought I was there to cause an incident. And I was like, officers, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything on me. Um, You can check my bag. I promise. I'm a uni student. I can pull out my wallet and I can show you my student ID. I actually have my anatomy book, my notebook and lab book in there. I, I swear to you, officer, I have nothing. I haven't done anything. And he's like, oh, oh, that's fine. No worries. And I'm like, yeah, like, this is the, you know, the flexor digitus, digitorum, whatever the fuck it is. I don't need to know it now. I think, yeah. like, Whoo! And he was like, oh, you're a nerd. And I'm like, yes, officer, it's a... Friday afternoon and I'm just looking to go home. And see, that's the thing. With Australian, um, you know, Cops, it's different. Law, but it's different. They don't have to reason. worry about me carrying a gun. No. You, see, like, obviously you can't walk around carrying a gun, but obviously if, like, a lot of people walk around with a utility knife, but if you... You can't carry it unless it's to and from, no. though. And when I say utility Australia, knife, I say like a Swiss Army box cutter knife. or whatever. Yeah, box cutters, that um, sort of stuff. And we can't carry the... Z- z- what they call it? That's the one. Yeah. So essentially things like that, there are laws. So obviously right. if this guy has had a knife in the car, he's got rid of it afterwards. Well, I think you, I don't know if you can carry a knife in the car. No. But point being Unless is, you're a chef. Yes. I'm sure that they're a thing. But point being but is... it needs to be locked. Um, so they found blood. Obviously would have matched her. Uh-huh. And they found nicks um, from... Yeah. The weapon within the car. I wasn't able to find any crime scene photos, yeah. I guess you could say. And another interesting thing is, is that, you know how I told you about Nancy Grace? Yes. She was saying that one of her reporters who was on site in Chicago said that they had seen sightings of a black Maserati, but they didn't know if it was his or not. And I couldn't find anything past that. 
to substantiate was it his like they were the only people who said that there were sightings if that makes sense and nothing else was said about that at that time so um there's blood on the driver's door um on the seats paneling windows the dash um and there's nicks that could be reasoned from a knife so the car becomes an even bigger piece of the puzzle and all evidence obviously points to it being the scene of the crime. They didn't talk about having to do, like I said, blood testing, but evidently, who else? How many other people did he kill that night? Exactly. Right? So just to recap, it was very obviously hidden on his brother's property, right? And also, thankfully, but also they're stupid, because no one was smart enough to try to dispose of it or clean it up. Yeah. Thankfully, no one was smart enough to do that. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. So, I inserted in our notes his car there. It's a car. It's a car. Alright. So, then in the the documentary, they pull up this FBI special agent, Steve Bernard. And he said that the FBI decided to add Arnoldo to the top 10 fugitive list in May of 2019 because they be- they believe that he allegedly murdered Estrella, um, that he is violent in nature, that he is the mindset of a fugitive on the run and he could go anywhere. He's very unstable. He could do anything. Very volatile situation is what I'm yeah. gathering from that. And they did this just days before the seventh anniversary of her murder. And in my head, between 2012... To 2019, that's a fair fucking chunk of time yeah. to seven. What happened in those seven years that they haven't released yet? Yeah. Or surveillance footage? I bet she's part of a bigger drug plot. Possibly. And that's why they don't want to touch him. Potentially. Potentially. Because why seven years later? Not that I'm saying her life isn't worth but being put FBI's on the list. FBI's top ten? Come on. Something else is going on. on. Oh, worked in construction? Right. Right. No disrespect, but a petty drug dealer of marijuana, 2.5 kilos, that ain't enough to substantiate a Maserati. No, he's doing a little bit harder than that. Not that I'm saying ASIO. If you're listening, that I have... I've never touched a drug in my life. I've never seen one apart from... What a pharmacist gives. Yeah, I know people in school did it. Never in front of me. I know where they did it on campus. I never ventured anywhere near that. Yeah. No disrespect to anyone who does the stuff. I personally don't. I'm what they would call a straight edge. But what do you do? All right. All I'm saying is they took a fair while to get this ball rolling. I think there's some significance in that. There's no facts to back it up. That is my opinion. I think there's something larger afoot. Something else is That's my opinion. Yeah. All right. So, back to fact. They're looking in Durango, Reynosa, or Hildago, Mexico. I found other articles um, where investigators tracked his cell phone when he was on the run, right? They tracked him from Chicago to Tennessee and to Arkansas. 
um, and then finally to Texas. So essentially somewhere between Chicago and Texas, he would have had to have called his ex-girlfriend to say, I'm bouncing. Why would he call his ex-girlfriend anyway? That's another question I have. My reasoning is he broke up with her just as he decided to get back with Star to get married. What happens if someone else was in the car? On the back seat. She's got in the passenger seat and then it was from behind. You'd be able to tell that though from her body. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. There we go. And the way, I reckon, the way that the the splatter would indicate... Because yeah. in the US, the driver sits in the left, yeah. passenger's in the right. They wouldn't know what hand he yeah. uses, and the blood spatter would indicate, I reckon. And maybe the blood was just centralised to the front rather than the back, because you'd think if it was someone in the back, it would splatter differently yeah. to the back seat. But I do get what you mean. Hmm. Maybe he picked someone up on the way home. Like, home, quotation yeah. marks, but whatever. Um, and that was according to an FBI affidavit. The phone was last used on May 13, 2012 in Hildago, Texas. So that's literally when police were investigating to find, like, for the welfare check. So literally, I reckon, he t- I reckon, my personal thought, right, the Tennessee call was him calling his girlfriend, right? Yeah. And then the Arkansas call was him calling his sister saying, I need you to, oh, no, that wouldn't be right. I reckon the, um, uh, what do you call it, the Texas call, the Hildago call, like ping, that was him calling his sister saying, I'm at the border, you can call and do a welfare check now. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, no, that sounds, you know, solid. Why they didn't, I don't know if there's any information about them checking his sister's phone calls. But it's not like, if he has so much means, it's not like he wouldn't have a burner phone. No. And like you said, he could have had anyone, maybe they would be able to tell if someone was um, in the car. Do you know what I mean? Like, because he would have, it would have um, stuffed up like the patterns. You'd be able to tell if someone was sitting in someone's blood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it had spread and it had looked different. It had disturbed the crime, like the crime scene, is my thought. But what do I know? Um, so, apparently, he... Uh, in the affidavit, he they said he was born in Texas. And that he owns property near Far in Texas, which is a city town, whatever. Um, and, sorry, I have to cough. Not because of corona, but because I'm talking... All the coffee. And, yeah, I know, right? And so it's believed they have family in Durango um, and that he's holed up there and obviously that they'd be giving him resources to pretty much stay hidden. Um, in the HLN interview that Jasmine did with the news, she said that her sister's relationship with him was turbulent at best and the family to this day still asks themselves, why did she marry him? Why did she get reinvolved with him? Um, when the FBI put him last year on the list, um, they put a, they had a press briefing, I guess you could say, and Jasmine was there. And she said that him being put on the FBI list, it was no small feat, that the family was hopeful that it would aid in the search for Arnoldo, um, but ultimately it wouldn't do anything to bring her sister back. Um, but she's hoping that it would bring the family some sort of peace, knowing that he would pay for his crime. FBI Special Agent in Charge Jeff Sallett said that 
well, he actually stared into the lens when he get, when they were at this briefing, and he said, "Look, I'm at. Oh, we're looking for you, Ronaldo, essentially." And that with the reward on his head and being on the list, he would have no little friends. Um, and he implored Ronaldo to do the right thing and turn himself in. Um, and then on another HLN interview, they interviewed a guy. Um, like it's what he said that he's Australia's friend, and they, that checks out, right? But they kept him anonymous, and so they didn't show his photo. You know how they normally do where the person's in black, yeah, and they grey black them out. That didn't happen. It was just audio. Yeah, he said he will only come forward once Analdo has been rep- like apprehended and captured, right? Yeah. And so on and so forth. And his name's Jesus. Um, well, his name isn't really Jesus, but the cover name they gave him to do the story was What's Jesus. Jesus. Um, and he said that he had no idea how someone with her personality ended up with someone like him, that he saw Anolda to be very controlling, where she was very liberal, carefree, you know, she went about things in her own way. Anolda was described as being very quiet, but he was short-tempered, and he had a flare of anger in him, and he knew that he had beat her in the past. Um, he reinforced that, you know, her life was her kids. She was a fantastic mother. She kept to herself. Um, and the news anchor said, yeah, what we hear is her neighbours, you know, didn't even know if she was home, alive, whatever. She was so quiet. Um, so the family believes that, again, he fled to Mexico because he's got family ties down there. Everyone in the interview says that he's a catchable fugitive, um, that he still has ties to Texas, like we said, and he has other family in North Carolina. It only takes one person to phone in and place a tip, which means that this case is still very solvable. Um, the Burbank Police Department and the FBI think that something caused him to snap in a fit of rage, and he acted the way he did. Uh, Captain Joe Ford of the Cook County Sheriff's Office said that the case can be brought to justice. Everyone is pretty much cemented in their believing that he is somewhere in Mexico. Um, and then I want to talk about this... What's her name, did I say? Nancy. Nancy something. Yeah. What was it? Hale? Nan- yeah. No, it can't be Nancy uh, Hale. And it's not Nancy Kerrigan. <sighs> ah! <laughs> you took that to the knee. Oh, I took an arrow to the knee. Nancy Grace? Is that yeah. what I said it was? Yeah, you said Nancy Grace. Um, so in this Nancy Grace interview, she was like talking to three other people. All right? We're talking to the lawyers, as she says. So she spoke to Renee Rockwell, who is a defense attorney in ATL, also known as Atlanta. If I was from America, I like to think I was from Georgia. Joy. So when people talk about ATL, it's a soft place in my heart. I've never Joy. been there in my life, but whatever. And you could tell that Renee was like a southern belle. You, by looking at her, you knew where she had a geo mark stamped on her. You knew where she was from. She's fabulous. Yep. But anyway, she's a defense attorney, so we don't really like defense attorneys. And she's like, it's not clear that Ronaldo's on the run. Just because he isn't around doesn't mean he isn't a victim too. I think I killed that. Yeah, you did. For a white bogan bitch, I did pretty well. Dumb. Um, She says he may fall into some kind of misadventure or disaster as well. Um, He was in a nice big car. He could have gotten kidnapped. 
Uh, there's no evidence to suggest any of this, but that's what she was saying. Yeah. Uh, and at the time, like I said, that this was hitting the news, that's when they were like, oh, we're getting reports of sightings of a Maserati. But we already knew that he had gone, right? So he went to Texas, dumped the car, made it to the border, yep. and crossed. Okay. At the time, so no one, he wasn't there. That wouldn't have been his car. But again, I didn't find anything to substantiate yeah. that. No, it's right? So I can't confirm or deny that it was his car, that they identified it, whatever. Um, and then Sir Renee doubled back and said, that, look, just because he's closest one to the case doesn't mean he could be. He should be considered a, a prime suspect. And then Kelly Sandin from Chicago, uh, a former prosecutor, said that this case looks bad for him because he is on the run, um, that the neighbours didn't hear any signs of a struggle, that the couple had a turbulent past... And that he was known to be physically abusive, and that he's the number one suspect for a reason. And obviously, no disrespect, but if she was already dead before he placed her in the bath, of course they're not going to hear a sign of a struggle. No, no way. They wouldn't hear anything. But you have to be quite calculating. You do. To be like, I'm gonna dump you in your bath. Yeah, exactly. Not, not anything else. Just like, yep, yeah, in the bath. And there was no blood going towards the drain in the bath, so she, the poor woman, she'd already bled been. out. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then the third person I interviewed was Mickey Sherman, who's another defence attorney, and he backed up Renee and said, look, maybe he's a victim of a larger plot. I think he's involved in yeah. a larger plot. Larger That's my plot. theory, because I think something must have happened in the seven years, or eight now, you could say, for them to warrant putting him on the FBI list. Yeah. Not that I, again, not that I'm saying her life isn't worth that effort. No. She, her life is worth more than $100,000, and one dickhead going to prison. Yeah. Right? But whatever. So, as you can tell, I still have a lot of questions. Why did his sister call it in? How did he make it down to the border? Uh, was it his car that was spotted around driving Chicago? I don't actually think so because I think, like, the call, the search for the police was being done while he was crossing, right? Yeah. Um, why the hell, obviously, did he do what the fuck he did? Why did, what did the ex-girlfriend tell the authorities anyway? Like, what do you, how do you say that? Oh, my boyfriend that I broke up with, um, he ended up marrying this girl and he t confessed to me that he killed her and uh, he's running away. Like, how does that fit in the puzzle? It doesn't. Is she an informant to another level? I don't know. That's just me speculating. I don't know. But I don't understand why she wouldn't call. Or maybe she called the sister-in-law, the yeah. guy's brother, sister, yeah. right? And was like, hey, your brother just called me. Um, blah, blah. Why didn't she call? Yeah. If someone had called me and said, by the way, I'm fleeing the country because I killed so-and-so, I would be doing something to make sure that someone else heard it, recording that phone call, shitting my pants. I would go to the police station with the shit in my pants and I would say, officer, I don't know if I'm being pranked, but I'm here to report a crime. Yeah. Big crime. Very big crime. You'd be freaking out. You would literally be freaking out. So. So these are questions I have, right? It, it, it doesn't... It's so disjointed. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Ugh, I don't know. Um, where else was I going with this? Also, I thought, he left his son behind. Right? You'd think... Like, was the son... He doesn't give a shit? What's the situation there? See... 
you like in my head a lot of these killings is like I'll kill her but I'll, t- I'll kidnap the kid yeah so did he owe money then was he trying to get like a life you know I don't know I don't know. You, you make good points. Um, also, I need someone from the US to explain to me or just tell me. How do you not know if someone's left the country? Like, don't you have passports that you have to use? Or visas? Visas, passports. When you cross into... Borders, yeah. Like, you were there. You yeah. crossed. I'm sh- sure. We had to show our passports. So they don't scan and be like, oh, this person has left the country? Yeah, well, you know. Do they do that? I need someone to tell... No, seriously. I need someone to tell me because these are one of the questions that keep me up at night. Because in Australia, I'm pretty sure they scan it and they add you to a list. And that's how the Australian embassy knows if you've left the country. I think that's how it works. Everything Does does America still do the same thing? I assume so. Everyone gets... Their security probably more high in than ours. Look, I've never left the east coast of Australia. I'm very sheltered in that. I need someone to tell me... the, the big question answer the big questions that I have it's like you'd get tracked out you get tracked in obviously international domestic international you get you know basically treated with a crowbar um, if you're domestic if I go to a bank like when I had to update my student status that was a big deal yeah let alone leaving a country but I don't know again I've never done it but I please someone please answer this question for me is it actually that hard to track whether someone has left the US or not? Or do they not give a fuck because the person is from a minority? I think so. Okay. Um, I have set up a Google alert. So if there are any updates, I will obviously bring it to you guys in the future podcast. And we'll do a little update episode. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I need to get this right. Arnoldo is wanted for first degree murder. An unlawful flight to avoid persecution. He's a white Hispanic male with brown eyes. He stands approximately six feet tall, weighing 220 pounds approximately, with close cropped black hair at the time of his disappearance. Today he would be around 38 years of age. He likes to dress in designer clothing. We're looking at anyone in Durango, Reynosa, or Hildago, Mexico, as they believe he's going by the uh, alias Manuel Reyes in yep. this area. Manuel. Uh, newer articles that I was able to find February, January, say that they're specifically looking around Santiago Papasquario, I believe is how you pronounce that, but I'm a basic white bitch again. Um, and he may also frequent Reynosa, Tamaluipas, or... Um, Tamilupa. Well, you know this better than me. You make me do all the work. Sorry. And you just drink tea. Yes. I drink tea and pronounce some um, Mexican places that I've never been to. So, if you see him, do not approach. Consider him armed and dangerous. Pick up the phone. Give the FBI a call. Don't be calling in the Pursuit TV show. They're not the people you need to get in contact with. No. You call the FBI. Call the FBI. Stuff the police department. You call the FBI. No disrespect the FBI. to the police department. But if something is on the FBI list... It's It's there for a reason. And it's called the Federal Bureau of Investigation for a reason. Okay. We're going to leave the link, as I said, to his FBI Most Wanted profile in our show notes because that's where you can access his poster and the pictures of him. Unfortunately, I don't think I can put a picture on him. No. Um, But if they go to the FBI Wanted, it'll be there. Google his name, bruh. Google his name. Google it. 
Um, his webpage is, I'll just read it out, it's again, link below, www.fbi.gov slash wanted slash top 10 slash Arnoldo dash Jimenez. Right. If you have any information concerning this person, please call 1-800-CALL-FBI or contact your nearest American embassy or consulate. Consulate. Yeah, we like some consulate. Anything else? What do you think? I think, obviously, there's something to do with a... Larger plot foot. Larger this is me speculating. Speculation. Now. All this is purely speculation. And as everyone knows, Shit, we are boy. entitled to our own opinion. As... You are entitled to your own opinion, and this is and all tell just us what your speculation. opinion is. Obviously, yeah. so obviously, what do you think? my personal thing is one, um, the Maserati scene of the crime. Two, yeah. something else is going on. That's why they're arguing. Maybe they met someone in the club. Maybe she. Found Maybe some, his ex girlfriend was there or some shit. Maybe we don't she know. found something out. They got into an argument. He wanted to close tracks. Maybe she said to him, "Well, they were like she's tipsy and she has every right to be. She can be piss poor yeah. drunk if she wants." Maybe she said something to him like, "I, you know, you're going to need to straighten out. Maybe you're going to need to move in. You know, what's our living situation going to be like? Yeah. We don't know. This is me speculating. But not that I'm saying he had any right to whatever she had said to kill her. Yeah. Fuck no. No. But something has happened. Something has was said to him and he's reacted, whether it was from her or someone else, and he has reacted in this way. Yes. So definitely I think... One, he's involved in something else. Two, Two he tipped his sister off yep. to call the authorities. Exactly. Because no disrespect, but like... He's run and gun. For example, we're housemates. Yeah. That's like me saying, if I had... I'm not... Please don't take... Oh, this is not yeah. me calling out a death I'm just so purely, sorry. This not is, a call a welfare check on us. This is like Cluedo. This is just me spinning shit. Yeah. It's like me... Getting my brother to call the police after I've killed you, yeah. or your brother calling the police because yeah. you've killed me. Yeah, exactly. That's how it works. So he's gone, okay, he doesn't want her to just be left. He wants someone to... See, there's a level of care in that. Yes. But he did it in such a way that he made sure he was out yep. before it happened. Yeah. So definitely guilty as charged at this point. Actually, um, no, but still, it's always a case of innocent until proven guilty. I mean, hypothetically, imagine if... Oh, dude, he didn't know... He allegedly did it, but come on. Imagine if he actually owed money because he wanted to dress fancy and everything. He's driving around a Maserati. So hypothetically... This guy owns property. Yeah. It's not like he's poor for cash. If he had a debt, wouldn't you sell the house you have? Yeah. And settle those debts? Very, very dodgy. I don't know. I just... The thing that I can't get my head around, aside from the phone calls, is the son. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was me, not that I'm a criminal mastermind or have any thing, but wouldn't you take the kid with you? Yeah. But then also, I guess, you have to deal with the fact that how does he get the kid? But, come on. It's... Something doesn't add up. Something else is going on. And I just... I, I can't keep coming back to... Can't help but keep coming back to the fact that... Last year... They put him on the list. Yeah. You've got to be doing something really, really dodgy to How be... How many other... Mer- like... 
there's this guy who's a Chris Watts equivalent, but I think in the early 2000s. I want to talk about him in a future episode. Yeah. A familiar side murder. He's on that list. Right? I don't think he has any other charges. Yeah. I'm not, again, I, her life is worth more than $100,000 and this dickhead being put on the list. What I'm saying is, what is he involved in for the FBI yeah. to do that? There has to be... Why seven years later? No idea. Something here. must have done something dodgy. That's all I can think of. It's... You no, know, but that's what I'm saying. Like That is very... Yeah. Anyway, anything else you want to add today? Um, that's pretty much it. Um, but also too, the the FBI watch list is huge. The FBI, if you go, it's a very scary place. And there's also the kidnapping tab. Uh, and your heart breaks. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be rude, but how many people of color are on there? Too many. Or non, like non. Yeah. Um, Anglo-Saxon Caucasian on that list like for example um, sorry let me just bring it up for a second uh, I'm just bringing it up because obviously his profile was on my recommended so say you go to kidnappings and missing persons okay now on my screen I have it so that the um, I can see three rows of one two three four five like that's my zoom right so yep. what is that? 15? 5, 10, 15. White baby boy. White male. Hispanic white male. Um, a young African-American girl. A young adult African-American girl. A white woman. What looks like the photo is taken from the 80s. A white male in his mature age, I'd say 40s to 50s. A young white Caucasian girl the photo looks like it would be taken late 80s early 90s um a white Caucasian woman photo looks like it's been taken from the 80s another white Caucasian young adult female a Hispanic young schoolgirl, a white woman with a photo that looks like it's been taken in the 70s a young white boy child photo 90s early 2000s a baby baby um i can't tell i'm sorry i can't tell oh nope she's caucasian oh shit i just closed it Fuck my sorry that's my call of duty saying and it pisses michael off and i've said it so much that i can't yeah. say it i'm so sorry yeah. <laughs> all right and last one um again Another white woman. Yeah. And that's just the missing people. And again, it's 15 of the ever-growing list. I scroll down and I see more cases of... Obviously, white people go missing too. True. But I'm saying, as they add things, they move them higher up the list, is what I've noticed. Right? Yeah. And a lot of the time... Like I'm I'm on I'm onto these pages because again I do research for podcast topics and I kind of want to know, right? Yeah. Not because I'm a creep and I'm like. No, you just want to know more of a background on how yes. it all works. Yes, and that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Out of those fifteen people, 
11 of them are Caucasian. Jeez. That's, um... That's really weird. That's that's a lot of nasty shit going down. I'm not saying the FBI is inherently racist. What I'm saying is there are cases falling through the cracks. Yeah. Very much so. Very big cracks. Not in, not in a good way either. Yeah. Alrighty. Alrighty. Um, anything else you want to add? No, that was uh, pretty much it. Was that that was your first murder? Um, yeah. Episode. How do you feel? I know you don't. Yeah. See, like do I, well. I don't know why. I'm just. It's interesting because you wanted to be a law enforcement or military person. Yeah. I always wanted to, you know, be an SOG or, um, uh, you know, SAS. However, what I'm saying is. How did you handle that? It wasn't a Chris Watts case. See, I'm slowly... No. Yeah. It's like, you know, I've always been sort of just like, eh, people sell you pens. He's like, yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather, you know... I'm more than happy to go off and watch the, all these the, action movies, the thing but... thing is, like, sometimes you look at... Not that I have a problem with it, but you'd be looking at what I'm doing on my screen, and I'm like, um... Yeah. You, you don't want to see this. I mean, And you'd be like... That... Cat one that we watched. Oh, that's understand. I'm talking about people. Yeah, but still, it's like. And you'd be like, "Oh, what are you looking at?" Not because you want to be like, "Who are you talking to?" I mean, we got about one third through that series, and I was just listen. I got up and you had to go to work. You left. I pressed pause. I checked the house and made sure everything was locked. When I'm at home alone, and I still do it even when you're home, we have like one door roller door. Yeah. Um, is that what that's called? Yeah, sliding door. Sliding door, thank you. Um, that goes to the main hallway of the house, right? And I like to leave it three quarters closed, enough for the floofs to go in and out as they need to go, right? But if it's a person, yeah, when that door moves, I know. Yeah. Right? Because I, I like to hear what's going on. Coming yeah. to me. Do you want to be informed? I know that's psychotic, no. but yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you look like um he's put the hoodie of his hood up and over and he's under his ears and you look like um what's the dopey the dopey dwarfy dude? Sleepy. Dopey? Dopey, yeah. No disrespect. Alright. I'm doing else? it's my best Michael Phelps um impersonation. Oh, do you want me to get a glass that glass bottle and you can pretend it's a paraphernalia if you get what i mean yep Alrighty. okay uh where can you find us we have the topic request form so if there's something you want to specific specifically cover you can do that um also provide your handles and your um pronouns so we can appropriately refer to you and um, credit you uh we are on apple Podcasts, castbox castro google Podcasts, podbean spotify stitcher TuneIn, Overcast, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at controllersandcouchers at gmail.com. He is Full Metal Chicken. Yes, I am. I am Steph Fafar. Yes, she Thank is. you so much for listening to this episode. Um, you guys have been insane in the amount of downloads you've been doing in the last week alone. Um, we've been blown away. Thank you so much for all of your support. A lot of you were you know, commenting on our YouTube videos saying... You are really liking our content. 
Um, thank you so much for all of your support and so on and so forth. Um, we've seen a massive increase and we're so incredibly grateful but also shocked that yeah. people want to listen to my annoying nasal voice where I over-accentuate S's. Yes. Maybe it's for the colours. Everyone like likes listening to the colours. I like listening to the colours. Fair enough. My so favorite, a bit of synesthesia. My favourite colour is green. It's not. It, it sounds like a forest. Your favourite colour is not green. My favourite colour is... Octarine. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. May the force be with you. Live long and prosper. And you're supposed to say and also. I know, but that's why we say live long and prosper. (sighs) Terrible, terrible Catholic. I'm on Spock. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Spockify. Hope you have a fantastic week ahead of you, uh, day or night, whatever it is, wherever you are. Um, Please pray to the internet gods that tomorrow, well, this time tomorrow, we have ZNBN. Yes. Uh, if you'd be interested in um, me streaming, us yes. streaming, please let me know. Let us know. And thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll chat to you then. Yeah. Ta-ta for now. Adios. We are out. We'll be back next time. Stay tuned. For everything else, there's MasterCard. Well, not sponsored by MasterCard, but if you could just throw that in anyway. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, yes. Okay. You can uh, turn me off now. Thanks. Bye. Adios. Muchachos. Bye-bye.